most certainly true. In the greatest act of selfless mercy, God sent His own Son into our world to die for your sins, and we can't stop talking about it. We now present this sermon, recently delivered at Grace, to you. The Gospel from the book of Matthew, chapter 17. These words of Jesus will serve as the basis for today's sermon. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah, talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus instructed them, Don't tell anyone what you have seen until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. It was mid-afternoon on a hot day, that it actually started at 5 a.m. that morning and up to this point had included 10 plus miles of hiking down switchbacks and through canyons along rocky, dusty, dry, and sometimes sandy trails, all the while carrying on my back camping equipment and supplies. So with very weary and tired legs, my wife and I turned a corner and saw the most beautiful sight. I can only describe it as, as like a Hawaiian oasis in the middle of a desert. It was, it was this lush green vegetation surrounding a pool being filled with bright blue water pouring down in waterfalls. It was absolutely gorgeous. We were at Havasu Falls in the Grand Canyon. And I tell you, I've not seen a more spectacular piece of nature than that little corner of the earth. But to make it even more beautiful than what that picture and and that scenery was, was the fact that we were at the end of our hike, we'd reached our goal, and we could set up camp and relax, get off of our feet. What a beautiful sight. The church was filled with family and friends as I stood at the front. And when the organ started and the doors in the back were opened up, there stood my bride, beautifully dressed in a gorgeous white dress, coming down the aisle, escorted by her father, and I tell you what, she has not looked more gorgeous in her life. What a beautiful sight. 
even better than Havasu Falls. What beautiful sight comes to your mind? Maybe it's one of those scenes where the sun is shining just the right way upon a landscape that takes your breath away. Or it's a moment that you had with someone. Or that smiling face that greets you at the door. Or that nice ice-cold beverage that is awaiting you in the refrigerator when you come in from a long, hard afternoon of work in the yard in the hot sun. I'm trying to think warm thoughts today. Thank God that he blesses us with so many beautiful moments and sights in our lives. But no matter what beautiful sight you have in your mind right now, I, I'm guessing it doesn't come close to comparing to the beauty of the sight that three disciples saw as they went up on a mountainside with Jesus as described for us today in the Gospel from Matthew chapter 17. Peter, James, and John Three of Jesus' inner circle, his closest friends and disciples, were up on a mountainside alone with Jesus. And there, Jesus was transfigured. He changed his appearance. The Bible describes it in this way. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah, talking with Jesus. It was a beautiful sight. Don't you see it? I know maybe it's a little bit of a stretch. Maybe you're thinking, well, I'm sure it was grand and and awesome to see in person back then, but that was a couple thousand years ago already. What was so beautiful about it? And I think sometimes we look at this story and we we have to think, and we sometimes ask ourselves the question, it has to be asked, what is so beautiful about the transfiguration of Jesus? Why is it so important? Let me take you back six days in Jesus' ministry. He had just asked his disciples a seemingly simple question. Who do people say the Son of Man is? The answers were scattered all over. Some thought he was John the Baptist, others Elijah, Jeremiah, another great prophet. But then Peter spoke up and with bold confidence and faith said, You are the Messiah. The Christ, the Son of the living God. What a beautiful and accurate description of who Jesus is. Jesus, the promised Savior to come and save us from our sins. But then as Jesus continued the conversation and he began to describe the the days of suffering and the death that lay before him, all of a sudden, now Peter didn't want to have anything to do with this aspect of Jesus. He actually pulled Jesus off to the side and said, No, Jesus, this can't happen to you. You see, Jesus loved his, or Peter loved his Savior Jesus so deeply, he didn't want Jesus to have to go through this suffering and, and this death stuff. He didn't want that for him. Peter was filled with trust, but was wrapped up in fear. So Jesus took them up on a mountain. And the view from that mountainside had to have been gorgeous. I don't know of a mountain view that isn't. But that wasn't the view that Jesus wanted to show the disciples that day. There Jesus was transfigured. There he changed his appearance and Jesus gave just a glimpse of the divine, godly glory that was his. As it shined brighter than the sun. 
And there in that majestic picture of Jesus, in that majestic view, the disciples got to see with the confirmation that Jesus truly is the Lord God, just as he had claimed. And if that wasn't enough, out of this bright cloud came the voice of the Heavenly Father. This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. If there is any doubt that Jesus is who he claims to be, this event, this account, drives it all away. This is God fulfilling his promise to come and to rescue sinners from death and hell. Jesus is the Messiah, the promised Savior. He's standing there right before you. Hear it, listen to him, see him. He shows himself to you as true God and true man. What a beautiful sight. And if there's any question or any doubt as to what Jesus came to do, just look at who came and was visiting with him on that mountain. Moses and Elijah, two Old Testament leaders. Moses, the one whom God used to lead the people of Israel out of slavery and through whom God gave to Israel and to us his law. And Elijah, who proclaimed God's promises to the people of Israel during a very tumultuous time in their history. These two, standing there with Jesus, knew better than anyone else as they proclaimed God's promises and his word. They could talk about the death that Jesus was going to face. See, Moses shared the law. The law that is to show us how we could become right with God and have a life with him. The law that not a single person has kept perfectly. Not you, not me, not Israel. Nobody except Jesus. And the promises, the promises of God that he would send a savior to rescue fallen people from sin and to restore us to God. Those promises that have been proclaimed for centuries and still stand before us today. Those promises all being fulfilled by Jesus. As they stood there proclaiming and sharing this conversation about what was to come and as we begin to understand what is happening here, we see Jesus, the Lord God, coming for us to go down the path of the cross to rescue sinners undeserving like you and me from our sins and to give us life. What a beautiful view. Peter saw it. He saw how beautiful it was. That's why he said to them, Lord, it is good for us to be here. You see, the whole purpose of the transfiguration was for Jesus to instill within his disciples the confidence that he truly was the Lord God, come to be the Messiah, the Savior. And that even though they are going to see him suffer and die, even though their faith is going to be challenged in the coming days and weeks, they could be assured that this is all part of the plan. And the Son of Man will rise on the third day. To give us life and victory. What a beautiful sight. So do you see it? Do you see just how beautiful the sight is? Through God's word, you and I get to go right up along with the disciples up the side of that mountain. and get to see Jesus in all of his glory. 
You get to see that every claim that he made about who he is and what he came to be are true and faithful and reliable. He is the exact Savior that you and I need. We need a Savior who's going to be perfect for us. Who better than the Lord God in flesh? We need a Savior, someone who is going to take the punishment that our sins have earned and deserved. Who better than the one with holy, precious blood who loves you so deeply that he would go the way of the cross and was powerful enough to rise from the dead to conquer death in the grave. This is the one who stands before you on this mountain, showing you his glory, showing you his love to be your Savior. What a beautiful sight. There are times in life when you are tempted to doubt your faith, to doubt your Savior. There are times where you are left to wonder whether Jesus is actually who he claims to be and whether he can really accomplish the things that he says he can do. In those moments, go back to this mountain, to the reliable witness of the disciples and see Jesus in all of his glory. Because in this view, you have the blessed assurance that Jesus truly is your Lord and Savior who has come to set you free. What a beautiful sight. Now about as quickly as the transfiguration and all the glory began, it all came to an end. And the disciples, hearing the very voice of God, terrified, being in the presence of God and his glory, fell with their faces down to the ground. But Jesus came to them, reached down and touched them on the shoulder and said, Get up. Don't be afraid. When the disciples looked up, they saw no one but Jesus. The glory was all hidden again in human flesh. Moses and Elijah had gone back up into heaven. This whole beautiful sight that Peter so desperately wanted to hang on to, Lord, I will build you shelter so we can hang out here and and bask in your glory for longer. All of this was gone. They're back to real, normal life. But Jesus was still there. And they didn't need to be afraid. Maybe you wonder why you need to know and, and to see this sight of Jesus. Here's why. You're going to step down from this mountaintop. You're going to step away from the glory of God and you're going to go back into the world, the regular life, with all of its challenges and sorrows and suffering. And while you get to see the the glimpses of God's glory in worship like we do today, and as we hear God's word, and you, you are reminded of God's faithful forgiveness and love for you, that all sometimes will get clouded by your own sins and by the evil that you find around us in the world. And at those moments, you're just going to long for God's glory to shine on you again or for God to to speak to you, to just come to you and, and give you some guidance and direction on where to go or what to do in life. Maybe provide some kind of miracle that will just fix the problem that you have in your life. You just want a little bit of heaven right here on earth that we can set up some tents in and, and enjoy. But when that glory of God is sometimes hidden, we are tempted to be afraid. And yet Jesus still comes to you and he touches you 
He touches your heart through his word and through his sacraments of baptism and holy communion. And he says to you, don't be afraid. And you can look up with eyes of faith, see nothing but Jesus. You see, you have seen the glory of God, the glory of the one and only, the glory of God's Son, your Savior, who came into this world to conquer sin and death, to give you life, to give you hope, to give you peace. And that Savior is with you through every challenge of this life, through every challenge you are faced with, for every weakness of of faith, for every doubt, He is with you, with His Spirit, to strengthen you and to bring you back to see just Jesus. What a beautiful sight. A few years ago, my wife and I had the opportunity and the privilege to go and enjoy a vacation without our kids. It was the first time we we had done this since having kids. And, And we went to Cancun and we had such a wonderful time. We enjoyed time together. We enjoyed the beach, the sun. It was so relaxing. And while we love our kids and miss them dearly, it was one of these trips that we just didn't want to end. But now even a few years later, as we sometimes go through days that are filled with stress and uncertainties and doubts and we deal with people and kids and whatever else, once in a while, one of us will look at the other with a little smile on our face and say, remember Cancun? When the stresses of work overwhelm you, when the anxieties of life frees you up, when sin and guilt burden you when the loneliness of rejection plagues you when the stresses of this life just are heavy on you remember jesus go back to the mount of transfiguration where you see jesus in all of his glory and remember the savior that went before you who came for you who lived a perfect life for you, who went the way of the cross for you, who took away all of your sins and rose victoriously from the grave to give to you real hope and forgiveness and life and peace. See nothing but Jesus, your Savior, in all of his glory. What a beautiful sight. Amen. Thanks for listening. To learn more about God's grace or to support this ministry, please visit gracedowntown.org today. This grace is for you. bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. Amen.